Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is sponsored by Freedom Mortgage, dedicated to veterans and your homeownership needs. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash CBS Vets, NMLS 2767, Equal Housing Lender. This time on Vet Story. Uh, at that time, my old company deployed back to Afghanistan, and uh, that's when Justin was was shot and killed hunting one of these bastards that oh, yeah. uh, you know that took him down. Unfortunately, this guy killed Justin, and I knew that Justin had a, a pretty big beard when he was shot. I remember getting the phone call, staring at my now blank screen on my cell phone, like trying to figure out what I could do about that since you know I wasn't with the guys when it happened. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I'm going to grow my beard for his funeral. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I remember sitting in my, like, standing in my kitchen watching Breaking Bad, right? Like, Walt's making meth. <laughs> I'm making lotion thinking, like, the guys would be busting my balls. So, it's like, so much right now if they knew what I was doing. You know, if you go down in combat, like, okay. Like, that that's what we're there to do, right? Like, if, you know, you go down with your boots on, that's, that's an easier pill to swallow than... You know the guys and girls coming home and, and then and then taking their own lives. I, I set up the company from the beginning to donate a percentage of our profits to organizations that work with uh, the mental wounds of combat. Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host Phil Briggs, and as we round out the month of November, many of us have lived up to our no shave oath. We've grown boss-like beards, and many of us are on the border of being a lumberjack. During our quest for the ultimate face curtain, we met a special forces veteran who's made beards his business. Uh, Nicholas Carnese, and I'm the founder of Stubble and Stash. But his mission is about using his business to do even bigger things to help heal the invisible wounds of war. All right, Nick, stubbleandstash.com, grooming products, right? Yes, sir. Which is why you make the perfect guest for vet beard, because, <laughs> uh, you know, the guys in the office have now shaved themselves and are trying to raise some awareness all this month about veteran issues. And so I went to the bearded internet and I was looking for products and suggested stories and things that we could cover. And I found your website, stubbleandstash.com. This is not only like a veteran-owned company, but it's a veteran-inspired company, which makes you all the more perfect to put shame on my colleagues who are without their beards right now <laughs> and bring glory uh, to some cool veteran-related stuff. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to have to help your colleagues out. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, need some, they need some work. We're going to rub some fish oil on their face or something, get the follicles really stimulated. But uh, <laughs> before you were a bearded grizzly veteran... You were active duty. I was. And uh, share with me a little bit, because what I gleaned from your website, very sincere, an epically cool story. And I think, uh, you know, you're doing God's work with, you know, what you've done with this company. So go ahead and share yeah. with me a little bit. 
Yeah, trying to. Um, so I, I graduated from the Naval Academy in 2004 and uh, at uh, the basic school, TBS, um, going through, and that's where we get our, our MOS, our, our job out of there. Right. And it was right around when Iraq was really getting hot and heavy. And I was told that aviation intel, aviation intelligence, was one specialty that they didn't know what to do with. So these guys got some really cool assignments. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I could go ground intel. I could go infantry. But I'm a bit of a gambling man. So I like the idea of cool assignments, not really knowing what that meant. So my first duty station at a TBS was Okinawa, Japan, with uh, the Marine Aircraft Wing out there. Oh, okay. And, and I roll in as an aviation intelligence officer, and my bosses were all ground pounders before they they came out there and like, Nick, you don't you don't really belong here. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I fell for the classic recruiter trick on that one. Um, but uh, I, I did a good job there. I was assigned to an embedded training team, right. and I did my first deployment to Afghanistan in 2000. Uh, five, six-ish. Okay. And it, that turned into a really cool deployment. I was working with a bunch of people along the AFPAC border, um, working with a lot of special operation guys, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get out of the Marine Corps, transition, and move into the Army so I can go to the Q course and become a Special Forces officer. Like, that's awesome. Because I was working with some ODAs and stuff out there, and wow. my boss at the time was like, Nick, nope, don't do that. We just stood up MARSOC, um, and why don't you apply for that? All right, time out, time out. This is what I love about doing podcasts, right? Because I can do the interview and then I go back and I listen to what they said. And sometimes I find a story behind a story. Okay, so Nick sped through his bio pretty quick. It kind of just sounds like he finished the Naval Academy as an intel officer and then saw some cool stuff on the border of Afghanistan and Pakistan. Despite initially getting sent to a Marine Air Unit in Japan, which seemed like it was going to be kind of boring at first. But he said he worked alongside ODAs. Because I was working with some ODAs and stuff out there. I'll be honest. I had to go look that one up because I wasn't quite sure. And it turns out it's totally badass. ODA, right? The primary operational element of an Army Special Forces company, a Special Forces Operational Detachment A, also known as A Detachment. Or where we get the cool TV show from, the A Team. If you have a problem that no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A Team. It consists of 12 Special Forces soldiers, two officers, and 10 sergeants. All team members are Special Forces qualified and cross-trained in different skills. They're also multilingual. The A-Team is almost unlimited in its capabilities to operate in hostile areas. And an A-Team can operate for an indefinite period of time in remote locations with little or no outside support. They're truly an independent, self-sustaining detachment. And they've even got two guys per team that are weapons experts. That's pistols, rifles, machine guns, mortars, anti-tank guns, grenade launchers. I mean, if it goes bang, these guys can shoot it. They also train detachment members and indigenous combat forces in how to use these weapons, as well as electric and non-electric demolitions and night vision devices. I was so interested in it, I actually had to call him back. Nick. Phil, ConnectingVets.com, how you doing? Doing well, how about yourself? Good, man, good. Hey, listen, I was listening back to our interview, and 
You know, you, you, you're humble. You're a humble guy. You sped right through the bio about your first deployment and uh, talking about being on the AFPAC border there. And yeah, I was with some ODAs and, you know, did some interesting things. <laughs> that's a whole lot of stuff that just took you six words to say that when I looked it up, really, I started finding all kinds of cool But when we say ODA, we're talking about an operational detachment alpha. Detachment alpha. Yeah. The Army, Army Special Forces. Right, and Army Special Forces, also called A Detachment, also kind of where we get the term the A-Team from, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a great show. <laughs> okay, right, right. And, and I'm assuming the Army does not have Mr. T, you know, anybody with a mohawk or anybody that's criminally insane on their team, but okay. No, well, you're done without. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say, I would love to just see a Special Forces team with Mr. T on it in his current state, too. You know, like big, husky, you know, black guy with the mohawk and all the chains. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, right. And, and if we ever saw a picture of it, you'd probably be blurred out. You know, probably one of those uh, top secret deals. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't getting in no plane, Hannibal. See, I'm so old, I can remember the show. You probably can't even oh, remember. Oh, man, I, remember, I grew up watching that. Okay, cool. Cool. When we talk about ODA, uh, when you say Army Special Forces, so these are Green Berets, right? Or, I mean, do you have to be a Green Beret right. to be on an A-team? Or? Um, so I'm not exactly sure how they're, they're structured these days, but the guys that I was working with, I wasn't formally attached to them. We just happened to be co-located and realized we could help each other out with some stuff. Um, but I do know in some cases they have attachments that aren't necessarily um, special forces operators themselves. You know, you might have intelligence personnel attached or you might have, you know, JTACs or some other specialist attached to a team. Uh, that's how we do it at MARSOC anyway. Uh, and, and some of the guys I worked with downrange on later deployments had, had similar setups. Hmm. Okay. But for the most part, when you talk about a special detachment, when you talk about an ODA for the Army, it's primarily like a Green Beret thing, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then the Navy has the SEAL teams. Uh-huh. And then the Marines have their special operators, and that is the Raiders, right? The MARSOC guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I was there, we didn't officially have the Raider designation. Um, that came later. But yeah, MARSOC is, is the Marine Corps' component to the Special Operations Command. And generally, is the structure similar on all of them? It's like eight to 12 guys, all kind of well-versed in like other things, including language and logistics and operations and weapons? Yeah, it's similar. Um, you know, each kind of branch has their has their specialties or things that they prefer to do uh, or, you know, unofficially do better. Um, and, uh, you know, the running joke was that the SEALs were all about direct action missions, you know, kicking down the door and taking down the bad guy. Um, whereas uh, the Army, uh, their, their ODAs, uh, they, they do a phenomenal job at foreign internal defense, uh, you know, working with local security forces and, and also working with indigenous people and creating, you know, forces to help maintain security, um, that they, they are really good at that. And, uh, you know, MARSOC kind of, again, uh, unofficially was kind of, kind of took some play from that book, uh, just because, you know, we realized that the value of, of, of those types of skills, but, um, you know, every component within the U S special operations command can, can do similar things. Um, you know, there's some some core competencies that everyone needs to have. Right on. All right. That's cool. That's cool. My division, you know, we didn't have the same core competencies, but in my division, uh, I was a photojournalist on an aircraft carrier. Uh, we had to be able to drink like so much rum and uh, you had to, <laughs> you, you really had to have at least three good pickup lines because, you know, I mean, if you got shot down that first time, you had to re-engage right away, you know, succeed. Hey, you know, you never, you never want to walk into that situation without a fully loaded magazine. You know, you gotta, you gotta have uh, all that stuff ready to go. <laughs> I like such a <laughs> like such a wuss when I talk to you about this crap. 
And then he talks about Marsoc. Marsoc Marines embrace the unknown, the unexpected. A unique challenge, a new way to serve your country. For all that, you must be prepared. Marsoc operators are seasoned, mature, and physically fit. Driven critical thinkers who get things right the first time. That is so badass. Okay, now back to the podcast. So I applied for Marsoc, uh, joined uh, those guys in 2007. Uh, went through the selection process, and then I uh, deployed with, uh, I was a member of Marine Special Operations Company Hotel, um, deployed with them in uh, 2010. So I was, I was with, with, uh, with my company for a number of years. And that's where I met uh, Sergeant Justin Hansen. And uh, we deployed together to Afghanistan, um, had a really good deployment. Uh, we didn't lose anyone on that, on that go around. Well, no one from, from the core unit. Um, I came back and at the time they only allowed officers to stay in Marsoc for four to five years and then mm. they wanted us to go back out to big Marine Corps and, and, and make it a, a better fighting force. Um, and then, you know, I liken it to uh, to driving a, a Ferrari than having to go back to driving not a Ferrari. So <laughs> I was like, you know, and uh, and I had done some work that actually got the attention of um, of uh, some some high level government officials. And I was told that I should start a company doing that type of work full time. So I ended up leaving the Marine Corps and my then business partner left the uh, State Department and we started this company together, which actually brought me to D.C. That company failed miserably. Huh. And then I fell into the typical like, oh, I have a you know, high level security clearance. I'm going to do some government contracting for a hot second until I figure out what I want to do with my life. Uh, at that time, my old company deployed back to Afghanistan. And uh, that's when Justin was was shot and killed hunting one of these bastards that, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that took him down. Unfortunately, this guy killed Justin, and I knew that Justin had a, a pretty big beard when he was shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember getting the phone call. I don't remember what transpired on the phone call, but I remember staring at my now blank screen on my cell phone, like like crying and you know trying to figure out what I could do about that, since you know I wasn't with the guys when it happened. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I'm going to grow my beard for his funeral. That's what I'm going to do. Right, right, right. So started growing my beard out, and like as I'm sure your guys back here are learning, you know, in the early stages, your beard really itches. So I looked for a product to help with that, and actually, I had a skin cancer scare when I was when I was really little. Turned out to be hmm. benign. So I grew up using products on my face, like I, that's not new territory for me. Um, so I was looking for products to do what I needed. Couldn't find it. I decided to make it on my own. Like I remember sitting in my like standing in my kitchen watching Breaking Bad. Right, like Walt's making meth. <laughs> I'm making lotion thinking like the guys would be busting my balls so like so much right now if they knew what I was doing. You know what? And I'm not even a special operator and I wanted to bust your balls when you told me like you grew up putting product on your face. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's clearly something you didn't include when you were at Bud's or whatever, you know. No. Yeah. When I was going through through uh, through assessment selection and, and doing all this stuff with Marsoc. Yeah. You know that. You know, those guys didn't see that. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So and then, you know, originally it was just going to be for myself. And then a few of my Navy SEAL buddies were like, hey, dude, like I want that. I mean, because, you know, you know sure. the, the SEALs, they concern themselves with two things. Looking good and sounding cool on the radio, right? So, like, <laughs> so. Not true for the Marsoc guys. <laughs> not true you, for the Marsoc You 8231s, you guys are the quiet professionals. But those Hollywood types. Those SEALs. Hollywood guys out there, all their, all their airtime. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, when, when uh, Ben told me, I was like, oh, this could be a viable business. Okay. So that's when I decided to take it from just my own little at-home chemistry project to, sure. you know, making it f- 
you know, formalizing it and uh, actually partnered with uh, some cosmetic chemists. I mean, these guys have their PhDs in cosmetic chemistry. And uh, it took us a year to get the first product right, uh, which is our, our dual purpose facial moisturizer and beard conditioner. Hmm. So um, Justin was killed in July of 2012. Technically founded the company that September, but we didn't start selling until the following August of uh, right, right. 2013. So, yeah. And then uh, based upon my own personal experiences and, and unfortunately losing some of my Marines to, uh, to suicide after coming home, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to lose anyone. Like, but... You know, if you go down in combat, like, okay, like that, that's what we're there to do, right? Like if, you know, you go down with your boots on, that's, that's an easier pill to swallow than, you know, the guys and girls coming home and, and then, and then taking their own lives. So mm-hmm. that, that is a passion point of mine. And we, I, I set up the company from the beginning to donate a percentage of our profits to organizations that work with uh, the mental wounds of combat. So specifically focused on like depression, uh, PTSD and traumatic brain injury. Um, and, and the thought process being like right now, veteran issues are, are, you know, kind of forefront in the media. Yeah, and uh, I mean, thank God, too, because, I mean, it is something that needs to be talked about. Yeah, so, I mean, from my perspective, like, it's great right now, but who's to say we're going to get that in 10 years, right? So I wanted to create a, a profitable company that's going to provide a consistent flow of cash to these innovative organizations trying to treat and address, you know, these symptoms that really rob people of their lives. So. Yeah, I was just on the Hill recently, and um, I was covering the cannabis issue that the American Legion was standing up for. And I'm not uh, tracking that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, guys and beards would be very interested hey, in it. <laughs> we, we use hemp seed oil in our beard oil, so you know. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay. <laughs> book them for book them for the next podcast. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, no, but I was as I was tracking this, you know, hearing the story of these warfighter guys, and of course they were talking about how they were being almost forced to take the combat cocktail and being coerced into, well, not coerced, but you know what I'm saying? Their doctors, the VA, were recommending clonopin yeah. and were recommending all these heavy drugs that either made them feel like a total zombie and couldn't feel, and then at some point, some of them had negative reactions between the combination of the pain meds and the psychoactives they were taking that literally drove them to suicide. So, like you just said, that's that's a incredible cause that will not go away because the onset of it is oftentimes months days and years after their active service it's things they just can't put down um i have to ask you know as a guy that's seen you know the tip of the spear um have you personally had to you know manage symptoms like that from seeing some of the things that you had to see yeah so it's like for me the i mean what some of the stuff that sticks with me is stuff that you wouldn't think would stick with you right like i remember we were doing a, a night convoy and and uh, it was pretty dusty and, and following the Humvees kind of a, you know, not too close, but come flying around the corner and there was a, a little girl uh, that I almost hit. And I was driving the Humvee at the time. Mm. So that type of stuff. And there was another one, uh, a, a child had her pretty much a, a, a like amputated at the knee. Mm. Um, you know, so like, you know, the, the guys you run into on the battlefield, they're trying to kill me. I'm trying to kill them. Like that doesn't bother me. Okay. Like, you know, that's fine. Like, okay. Like that's, you signed up for it. I signed up for it. I get it. Uh, but what what got me were, were, were the innocent folks um, or or the what ifs, kind of like the survivor guilt, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I actually, and I'm I'm very open about this. I get all my my healthcare through the VA, and I actually testified uh, before the Senate Committee on on Veteran Affairs about mental healthcare access. And for me, like I'm doing my own thing, right? Like I have my own company, so I should be motivated and excited every day. And uh, it got to the point where I, I love what, what, what I'm doing, but that motivation wasn't there. I was like kind of sluggish, like 
So I, I went in, I was like, I want to address this, you know, sooner rather than later. So I went, I met with a uh, psychiatrist uh, down at, at the Fort Belvoir VA, Okay, a wonderful lady, wonderful lady. And she's like, hey, Nick, you know, um, it, everything seems okay, but based upon what you're telling me, it seems like you might be wrestling with depression, even though you don't necessarily feel depressed. Uh, that could be a symptom of depression. Like, are you opposed to taking medication? I'm like, well, I, I try to stay away from that. Um, but if you think it's going to help, like at this point, like I'll, I'll give it a try. And she told me, she's like, well, you know, it's going to take about 30 days to set in and then you should start seeing some, you know, positive effects. I'm like, cool. Uh, so 30 days rolls around and I hadn't felt depressed, you know, like we all have down days, right? Sure. But sure. I, I didn't feel hopeless. You know, I didn't feel like I always like deep down inside, I always kind of, you know, have this like, it's going to be okay. Like we're going to figure out one way or another. But like shortly after that 30 days, like I was down. Yeah, yeah, like, you I felt fled, huh? depressed. Like I yeah. felt like I was like, oh, this isn't good. So I, I, I tried to make an appointment with, with, with her to see what to do, um, and then they couldn't get me in for a while. And unfortunately, I have a few doctors in the family. Like Nick, just stop taking it. So I stopped taking it, and once it was out of my system, like I felt good. But you know, if 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 I didn't know better, like right. that would have sent me down. You know, and especially if I start mixing it with like alcohol, right? Sure. You sure. know, because I, I know a lot of us self medicate. You know. Um, and even socially, like who doesn't want to buy you a beer? You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I mean, in, in, in our first email exchange for crying out loud, I was yeah. like, dude, you're such a stud. I tell you what, <laughs> let's record this thing and let's go get a beer afterwards. Cause yeah. I love your story. And I just mean to do it like any bro would, you yeah. know, buy you a beer, but you're right. It, that intersects. And the next thing you know, boom, you're halfway down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And then especially too, like that's how we deal with loss, right? Like every time one of the guys is killed, people bust out the Jameson taking shots, ripping right. shots of whiskey, you know, it's like, it's the thing, you know? Little known fact, special operators also appreciate Irish traditions. That's a, that's really... I know, but now my body rejects it. I can't do it. I can't, oh. even, I can't even... Before we get back to how the company, I think that you... The company that you founded has helped in so many ways, not just yourself, but, you know, others. Um, I was taken with something we asked before we turned the mics on. And I'd said that, uh, you know, there are guys out there that are feeling the effects of PTS... And you might never know it, you know, because some of them are on paper or at least on the battlefield, the most squared away guys, the most supremely capable Americans ever. But yet at home, their life is a totally different story. Share with me a little bit if you remember that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I've heard this story actually uh, more times than, 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 than I care to admit that, uh, you know, you'll have these guys that are, that are in girls now that are, uh, you know, members of some of these elite units that are, mm -hmm. that are doing amazing work. And like, they are absolute studs. If you work with them on professional level, it's like, they look wired tight. Right. Um, but then back home, you know, they're having issues with their wives, their, their kids aren't really talking to them. I mean, they don't know how to, you know, interact and connect and, uh, and it's a real problem. Right, because then that, now that starts affecting their personal lives, and then it's amplified when they separate. I've talked to a few of my buddies who, you know, were, were loving it, high op tempo, like doing work, and they realize that this is eating away at their family. So they decide to separate from the military to be a better husband, to be a better father. Sure. And now they feel isolated and alone. And oh, by the way, you know, PTS doesn't set on. You know, it can, like you mentioned earlier, it can be years down the line. So now. They're separated from that that tribe of people they're used to, you know, working with that support network. I have the same issue. Like, you think you're going to be okay without the support network, and then you hear you're in D.C., and you're like, everyone's wearing a suit and tie and talking politics, and I really don't care. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. 
Um, yeah, so it's a, a lot. And there's more, no mission in your daily there's life. There's no mission. Like going to Home Depot and getting some stuff to like build a planter bed isn't quite the same as a tactical mission that begins with a helicopter ride in the dark and you're, you know, Australian rappelling down into some crazy scene. <laughs> you know, there you felt involved. You felt, uh, you know, totally connected. And I hope I didn't totally do a disservice no, to no, like no. exactly what you've done by that stupid description well, I just well, gave. I, have, I, have, I, have, I haven't repelled Aussie style. That's one thing I haven't done. Okay. But, well, not in the military anyway. But uh, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that Home Depot run isn't as oh, consequential yeah. as an mission for you know the American military objective to keep the world safe. And you know, after a while, it's got to feel almost sort of like this sucks. This is all I have to do today. I mean, this is doesn't mean anything you know and, and I, I tell a lot of guys you know you need to find your purpose right like right. and that that's and it, you know now it sounds kind of like cliche right but like it's so true because it's so easy to get sucked into that like mind-numbing routine of like whatever your daily job is now then you go home and you do whatever it is you do before you go back to you know before you go to bed and then like it just like drains your soul and that's when guys really start you know facing issues um and to that, I think you found a mission now with Stubble and Stash, and let's tie it back to you know the company. So uh, we went from uh, the the lotion laboratory <laughs> in our kitchen and living room, uh, you know, making stuff Breaking Bad style, to employing chemists, getting a product line launched, and now your mission helping others. Um, one, talk to me a little bit about um, the product categories, what you guys actually have. Yeah, so we we launched with our, our two in one uh, facial moisturizer. So okay. it's designed to to be applied all over you know your entire face, and uh, and if you have stubble or beard, it also has ingredients like chamomile, uh, tea tree, and aloe, which really help to soothe that irritation. So if you have to shave on a daily basis, actually turns out to be a great aftershave. Wasn't designed to do that, but one of the barber shops huh. here in DC turned us on to it. Like Nick, we're using this after every one of our straight razor shaves because it's such a great aftershave lotion. I'm like, oh. Who knew? Okay. Um, and then also, you know, we don't advertise this that much, but it helps to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and to like firm and tone your skin. Um, guys are getting, you know, now it's right. okay. Now it's okay to like care about how you look, you know? Yeah. Um, Any Navy SEALs listening? Yeah, I just right? want to say this is for you guys because apparently you're a little bit more glamour oriented well, than the Marsock guys. So if, if, if you're downrange, I'll send you a free care package. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there, I can tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we launched with that, which is great. Uh, it's still my favorite product. And then we followed that up with a face and beard wash, you know, because you got to keep it clean. Sure. Um, sure. You know, and, and most guys, I tell them to wash their beard twice a week, unless you're like a mud wrestler, in which case you probably should wash it every day. Right. Um, but you don't want to overwash your beard because it didn't get dry. It, it gets really dry and, and gnarly. Uh, and then we just launched our new beard oil, um, okay. which, which is in our new packaging. So. We, we decided to murder it out. So we're going like all black, kind of matte black packaging, bringing more of the, the military kind of uh, feel to it. Nice. Um, so stoked about that. And then we're about to launch our revamped moisturizer in the new packaging. And then we have something coming out uh, in the spring, which I'm not going to mention because um, I don't want my competitors to, to hear about it yet. Uh, but it requires FDA approval. Ooh. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a learning curve uh, and takes a lot longer than, than I expected. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those are our three products right now. We have a beard balm, but we're sold out totally. And, uh, we're not going to make any more until the new packaging, the new formula is ready. Um, and the idea behind all these products is that, you know, it's like when you wake up and you put on like, you know, it doesn't have to be a suit, right? But you put on something, you feel good. You're like, yeah, I look yeah. good. I look good. You know, that confidence. Um, that's what, what I want to do with grooming, right? Because like, we've all had like bad hair days or like, you know, a bad beard day, you got bed beard, whatever you wake up in your beard, like the left side standing, you know, straight out. And then the right side is 
doing its own thing. Um, I mean, I'll admit it's a fine line when you have a fur like a like a robust beard like you have a good couple three inches on that. Uh, yeah, there's a fine line between like when one of my colleagues would come in and look tight and like put together, and then other times it looked like I was like, "Did you go home last night? Yeah, did, did you? you did, where did you sleep, bro? That's, that's <laughs> like, you have any pictures? Um, <laughs> park bench or something? Bench Who the hell were you? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the brand has evolved because uh, after my experience with the VA and, and the whole mental health stuff, you know, and, and when I finally went back to her, we were talking about being physically active mm-hmm. and and how. Actually, if you do a certain amount of cardio every day, like that is as effective as prescription antidepressants. Um, so, of course, that's not recommended for everybody, right? Sure. But like most people that that are having like more dark dark days than not, you know, it can it can really help if you exercise more. But of course, if you're feeling depressed, you don't want to exercise, right? So that's like right. the catch twenty two right there. Like, well, I know I should, but I don't want to. Um, which I've been there, you know? Right. Um, so now the brand, like all of our products, it's all created to make you feel better about yourself, to like take pride in your appearance because like that's the first step hmm. in like that kind of road to recovery is like taking ownership of who you are in your appearance and like driving forward, right? Um, and that's kind of where our new product ties in, which we'll get to, you know. Yeah, a, a new product, and you also have a feel-good element of your product line. Um, I can't wait to hear what this new product is. I'm thinking in the back of my mind what I'm guessing it might be good for, but I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about secret FDA-required ingredients. Um, and to look good is to feel good. I mean, that's kind of underscores what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, that first step in mental recovery, in being the best you you can be, is to have a have something in your veins coursing through it that makes you feel proud to be you, makes you feel good to be you. Um, the way a sunny day feels better than a cloudy day when you first wake up. Absolutely. I mean, it just, you got to have that. And if you can achieve that through some grooming products, that could be one step to just getting you to take the next step and you combine enough steps and now you're walking in a feel-good mode. And I think that that's, that's an incredible thing, brother. That's I, I'm so glad you're doing it. Uh <laughs> Having heard what I've heard about the PTS and the TBIs and the guys battling through it, whether they're using, you know, whether they're fighting for cannabis or whether they're fighting for uh, going on a retreat and some mindfulness, um, knowing a grooming product is out there that supports incredible causes and is actually a part of a daily regimen that could make you feel better. You guys are doing great things and uh, wish you the most amount of success for Stubble and Stash. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and having me on. Let's uh, chat real quick. Some of the charities that you are supporting. What are some of your faves? What are what are some people out there doing incredible work in the along the same path that you're going down? Yeah. So right now, financially, we support one. We support the Marsalk Foundation since it's near and dear to my heart. And yeah. uh, and the goal is as our revenue increases. And real quick, Marsalk Foundation, uh, the Marine Special Operations Command. Yeah, yeah, Marine yeah. Forces Special Operations Command. Um, so there are a number of charities that uh, that that support that. Um, the Marsalk Foundation, uh, I believe, was the first. Okay. Um, great, great group of folks. Uh, all my buddies that uh, you know have since got out all support the Marsock Foundation. Um, and then as we grow and we have more revenue, I want to start supporting you know organizations that work with all the different special operations communities. Uh, and then um, I, I volunteer. Talking about my favorite, like if I had to pick one vet organization, yeah, I love Team Rubicon. Like I, I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. Yeah, I mean, the name is very, you know, prominent yeah. in, the, in the vet space. But tell me what you like about them. Yeah, so I like uh, because I actually did a, a deployment with them to Moore, Oklahoma. And, uh, I mean, the work that they do for the community is amazing. But coming from this might sound selfish, I took more from it than I gave to the people I was working with. 
and everyone there agrees like when you volunteer like especially as a veteran and you lose that sense of purpose mm -hmm. being back around a group of vets and doing something meaningful right like when we cleared debris off the foundation like that was meaningful because that family couldn't do it on their own so just kind of that that sense of, of achievement and, and and just knowing that i did something good today was huge and, wh and what other types of projects do they do specifically? So, they, so they, they do a lot of um, uh, disaster response. Okay, okay. Uh, so if there's a tornado, if there's, you know, a hurricane, Team Rubicon, they, they're divided and, and you know, I can't speak on, on their behalf, but they have the different territories and then they start mobilizing folks as required to go um, provide that disaster relief. And now they, uh, they've expanded. They have international uh, teams. Um, I know that they're working with the UK and, and so a lot of our coalition partners hmm. Um, from uh, you know, from Iraq and Afghanistan, they're standing up Team Rubicons because it, it is it's a really beneficial to to the veteran community. So, um, just an amazing you know group of guys and girls that, that are just just crushing it. And like you said, you get out there, you roll your sleeves up, yep. you you help someone out, veteran or not. Like you help a family out, you help a kids out, you help the elderly. Man, you walk away from that standing two inches taller, right? Feeling that much prouder. And you're using like power tools and get behind, you know, oh, you're just dude. doing like good stuff. You're yeah. like, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> you guys are mission oriented, man. You guys, uh, you know, you need that. And, and it's super cool to see that you can help people get there. Collectively, we can do these things together. Even with this podcast, we're, you know, bull about beards. But, right. You know, <laughs> hopefully someone that is out there hearing this uh, has a better day and knows that better days are ahead. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big thing. You know, every single one of us is going to have a dark day. Right. Right. You know, and, and it's it's fine. You know, I it, people take they, they feel like they're a failure. They feel like they're not, you know, strong enough, whatever. No, like every single person. I mean. I've, I've had the pleasure and the honor of meeting some amazing warriors. Every single one of them struggles at some point. So it's, it's, it's natural. It's fine. It's normal. You know, if, if, if you let it get to you and you don't fight your way out of it, that's when you start having problems. But it's, 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 it's totally normal and, and, and no one should feel ashamed if they're dealing or struggling with it, that type of stuff. Awesome, man. I'd like to say your friend of the family, Stubble and Stash. Nick, man, thanks for coming by, brother. Hey, I really appreciate it. You can find out more about the products for your big, bodacious beard at stubbleandstash.com. And if you ever have a moment where you feel like you could use a hand, check out the Get Help section of ConnectingVets.com. I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode of Vet Story. Like, I remember sitting in my, like, standing in my kitchen watching Breaking Bad, right? Like, Walt's making meth. I'm making lotion thinking, like, the guys would be busting my balls so, like, so much right now if they knew what I was doing. You know what? And I'm not even a special operator, and I wanted to bust your balls when you told me, like, you grew up putting product on your face. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the SEALs, they concern themselves with two things. Looking good and sounding cool on the radio, right? So, like... <laughs>